Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Welcome to today's episode. It's great to have you here. Hey, just a reminder, if you haven't rechecked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, go ahead and do that. We'd love to see you actually come along to those platforms, be part of those communities. Hey, I want to welcome to you to today's episode. It's great to have you here. Trust that your new year is going well and that uh, you are listening to the Ask Dennis episodes at the moment that's taking you through goal setting, reflecting, and setting up your years for success. Well, once again, I've got another beautiful group or wonderful group of guests from Highlights from 2021. And here we go. So from episode 110, Russ Perry. Now, Russ is the CEO of Design Pickle. So you may have seen my artwork and other things that I have in relation to design work. And Russ and his team do the actual artwork for me, and they're fantastic. And look, if you're interested in actually understanding a little bit more about uh, the design work and getting some design work done, because you see you pay a flat fee every month and they get things done for you, then come to me uh, personally, send me a private message or an email, and send me a private message on social media, and then I'll see if I can get you a discount code so then you can actually get a little bit of a discount for your first month. But Russ talks to us about... Upgrade your operating system by opening the door for growth. So it's a really cool episode. Uh, number two is 111, which is Paul Tawal. Paul is from the Netherlands. His title of his, the episode that I did with him is From the Back End to the Front End. And he talks about if you don't like doing something, then stop doing it. Really quite interesting episode to listen to. And from episode 113, Ravan Papia. And he is a great guy as well. And he has got a the, the title of the episode, very much, I think, part, part of his book. If you're not aware, you are nowhere. And really quite good. And he talks about Jim Rowan. And if you don't know who Jim Rowan is, he's a great guy that's done a lot around personal development. So all the big names around personal development, motivation, and that around the world have all learned from Jim Rowan and our amazing teachings as well. So I'm going to actually encourage you now to sit back and take notes and have a listen to these three wonderful guests. So, Russ, hey, welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me, Dennis. Super excited to be chatting with you. 
Yeah, awesome. So I've just given our listeners a brief introduction to you. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about your background? How much time do you have, man? I've written a whole book about it. No, I mean, thanks for having me. I, I think what's funny is Design Pickle started out, there was no Design Pickle when I started it. And it was for me solving my own business problems, just like yourself. I needed design help. I was trying to find a solution that fit my budget, fit the quality. And it was frustrating. It was challenging. And I always relish, pun intended, there's a lot of pickle puns in in, uh, my world. I always relish in the knowledge that Design Pickle was... I was the first client. You know, I was the first client of the service. We didn't have the brand at that point, but I found a way to put together a team virtually, a team that was responsive, a team that was affordable, and ran my consulting business on the bones of Design Pickle, like the first generation of it for a good 90, 120 days until I finally kind of had that hey, wait a minute, maybe other people might actually need this as well and kind of kicked it off from there. Uh, Last month, January 2021 was our six-year birthday. So we've been now doing this for over six years, technically. Awesome. Happy birthday. I mean, that's wonderful. And six years, amazing how that time has gone by so quickly as well. And, you know, that's great that you looked at wanting to solve your own business problem, you know, and then found a solution, but then also offering it up to others as well, which is brilliant. Hey, Russ, how have you gone into leadership? I mean, tell us a little bit more about that. So I was just on a one-on-one with one of my engineers this morning, and we were talking about this exact topic. And Hmm. I will actually go back to before Design Pickle, 2014. I had lost everything I had known as an entrepreneur. I had a creative agency for eight and a half years. I closed it with my business partner. And for the listeners out there, closing your business is worse than losing your business. It's definitely worse Mm -hmm. than selling your business. I say closing your business is like putting your pet to sleep. It's like putting down the thing that you love and you care about, but it's horrible. It's horrible because there's no big story. It's pretty anticlimactic, to be honest. And at that point, I realized... I needed an upgrade of my operating system, of the Russ Perry operating system. I had Mm. been on a treadmill for eight and a half years, and I wasn't about to go for another eight and a half years with that same OS in my brain and in my heart. I needed a change, and I didn't really know where to begin. So here in Arizona, there's a lot of events in normal times. There's a lot of personal development. There's companies that have their offices here. So I reached out to my network, and I vividly remember my very, 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 very first leadership training, personal development conference. It was everything in one. My friend, Vanessa uh, Shaw is her name. She was hosting it. And she didn't brand it as this, but this, it was, it was actually basically a women's conference, (laughs) but she didn't say that. And so I show up, me, maybe one other guy and her husband, who's like running the AV and the tech. And it was transformational. And it was the first time since I could remember, I was working on myself and I was thinking about that and I was building that. And so I was addicted. I was addicted at that point to to leadership. I was addicted to personal development because I recognized that so much of my limitations ahead were limitations of just my belief system or limitations of my confidence or limitations of my network and who I know and where we're at. And And this study, this path that I was on was shattering those time after time after time. And they started small. Like I remember one of the first goals that I had was to spend a summer, like three or four weeks in California. Like that was my big 
cool mm. like we had never done a beach vacation before and so i wrote it down and i worked on it for like three to four months and we did it and we had this great experience which you know for me at the time was the biggest thing i'd ever done was this really we had a home we could wasn't on the beach but we could walk there in about 10 minutes and so anyway like that has just been the pattern now is when i think about leadership i think about what am I doing to upgrade my operating system? What am I doing to grow so that my capabilities are matching my vision? Awesome. What am I doing to upgrade my operating system? I love that. I love that. And that last piece you said about your vision and your goals, is that what you said? Yeah. So like my vision and my goals have always been huge, but my capabilities have not always been oh. equal to match. So that's what I look at in terms of leadership is you're upgrading your skill sets to match that great destination that we all have. So if you're not doing that, you could have the biggest vision in the world, but that's all it's going to be is just a vision. Yeah, isn't it? It's really interesting to see that and the fact that whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in a large corporate, it doesn't matter. If you're not out there developing yourselves, listeners, it's really important that we do that. For the six inches between your ears, what I call, you know, the attitude gap, that the operating system probably is what you're, you're saying here, Russ, which is really important. But if you can align your capabilities to those goals and vision and then help, that, that'd be wonderful. And I think a lot of leaders don't do that and they just hope for the best and see where, th where things are going. Well, and there's some ego at play too that you have to get through, especially if you've had success in the past or you achieved relatively quickly, you either hang on to that success thinking, hey, I've done it before, I can do it again. Or if you're in the middle of it, you're uh, you're currently at that point where things are going great, everything's aligned. You know, if it's not broken, don't don't try to fix it kind of mentality. But there is that ego. And and I had I had to battle that, you know, I had to go, I had to beat my ego down to nothing to say, look, I am willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hire others and invest in my and coaches and training programs and do these things. And maybe not 100% of everything you have to take on, but it finally allowed me to be humble enough to open that door of growth up. And I see that a lot with leaders is they, you're probably less so for your current listeners because the people probably listening to this are, are open, but maybe, you know, you know someone, there's a friend and there, when that door is slammed shut, yeah, things might go for a bit, but then there's a, an awakening or a, or a wall that you hit. And the question is, is do you, do you put that ego aside and are you willing to learn? Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to be gu guided by someone else? Yeah, that's, that is huge. Absolutely huge. Of course, the listeners here are uh, on that path of learning, of course. They're the most elite of them all, oh, enlightened of them that's all. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Russ, thank you for that. Well, maybe it's nice to explain how I changed from being a lawyer into somebody who explores engagement and happiness at the workplace. Because a lot of people find it quite strange that a lawyer gets into engagement and happiness. But the point is, when you work in labor law and social security, you're always, as we call it, at the back end. When something goes wrong, then I would step in. If somebody got fired, it was my role to do something. If someone gets ill, I need to work on them. And then I found out, first of all, it's tiring because like you said in the introduction, we're running around and we haven't got any clue what we're doing with our lives until you think, hmm, maybe I can do it in a better way. And mm -hmm. I looked at all those thousands of files that I went through and I, I saw that we were always too late with a reaction. 
So I wanted to be upfront and talk with people and explore what happiness and engagement can do to you as a leader, as a team, as a company, as a normal human being. Because we act that we are in a role, but we're all just bloody human beings. Yep. So rather being an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, I'd rather be at the top of the cliff and actually helping people and getting engagement and people being happy in what we're doing yeah. for sure. Hey, Paul, how did you get into leadership? Well, I think like 90% of the people, you step into a position and then you are asked, hey, would you like to become the next leader? And you are manager and you know how it goes. And then suddenly you find out that you get to that position that you think, is this still fun for me? (laughs) And fun is one of my core values. And I say fun is my fundament. If I'm doing something I don't like, I will stop because it costs so much energy that I'm losing myself. So being a manager for many years, then creating my own consultancy firm with 25 people, I would come home at the end of the day and and tell my wife, I've been so busy, but I've done nothing. And then I thought, this is going to be the end. So I stopped. I'm a solopreneur. I work with a team of highly educated people, but we're all on our own. Yeah, so I think that for listeners here, I think that's really important what Paul's saying is the fact that if you're not happy doing something or you feel like you're doing something, it's just whereby you're treading water, but you're not actually going very far or making any progress, take time out to stop, think about things. This is really in question. Is this really the right thing that I'm doing? And do I really need to go off and to do something else as well? So I think that's brilliant. Just that's bang on straight away. Paul's already shared some great insights already. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, this is the point. And look, I'm 62 years old, but I know people of 28 years old who have that same feeling. And Mm. I think that the youngest generation, the generation set and the alphas that are coming onto the labor market will have this as their first and clear focus. We need to be human beings first and then enjoy our job. So for us, boomers, Xers, Yers, we need to... Be careful that we don't overrun ourselves. And look at this moment in the Netherlands. Out of 17 million people, almost 6 million are close to burned out. Isn't that silly? That's huge. That's huge. And that's partly because of Corona. We had already 15% of the workplace. They don't really have a burnout, but they're on the way into it. And do, do they actually understand it? Do they actually know that they're on that journey towards the burnout? No, no. And, and but, but you know how it goes. You're engaged, you're working hard, and then you become a workaholic without knowing mm. because you can't say no anymore. So what we see is the soon as I get in a company, I start talking to leaders and managers and I make a difference between leaders and managers. That That's obvious. And then I see someone, oh yeah, oh yeah, Paul, no problem. Oh yeah, I, ca- I can do that for you. Oh, and I said, stop, say no. Please say no to me. Because if I can train you to say no to me, you can say no to others. Those workaholics keep on going. Then they get back from their work, 10 hours work. They have a family. They need to squash, to tennis, to play soccer, to do whatever, and have their friends and the family. And it goes on the whole bloody week and the whole weekend. And then you get tired. Even talking like this makes me tired. 
But hey, look around us, what was happening. I was in Auckland. I saw the same as I see in Amsterdam. It is the same. And we were talking to Dutch people over there who were working in Auckland, and they said exactly the same. We left the Netherlands because it's so busy. Now we live in Auckland. It looks like the Netherlands. And then I told them, well, we have old Zealand and you have New Zealand. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. People are people everywhere in the world. So that your podcast is so successful means that everybody in the world is in the same treadmill. Yep, and abs- we step out. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And you know what? I'm finding that uh, as I talk to leaders and I'm doing events around the place and that, there's one thing that I'm definitely talking to them, and that is, even especially with the lockdown, it's been emphasized even more, the transition between the bedroom and the, or they're in the bedroom store because their office is in the bedroom, or into the into another office in the house or in the kitchen lounge. They're finding it very hard, and they don't know when to stop, and they just keep working, as you said, about the workaholic. But, you know, they don't realize it, and they get to two o'clock and they realize they haven't even had lunch yet or uh, at 12 or they get to oh you know what i'll do one more email one more meeting and next minute they look up and it's 7 p.m they still haven't had lunch yeah. and as you said paul they're a day in and day out like this and it's uh, it's always what i call they're always on they're always out there doing things which yeah. is really just really interesting to see so yeah, yeah. they need yeah. to be careful Tell me something. Is there anything else in your background that you like to share with our listeners? Well, as uh, you started reading it, uh, when I was born, the doctors told my mom that I'm not going to live a long life because I was a very sick child. So I went on through my childhood, uh, you know, going to school, was not uh, allowed to play during recreation because I would fall unconscious <laughs> many times during the week. So my teacher, Mr. Miss Chantal, introduced me to reading because she was to look after me during the uh, recreation time. And, you know, getting bored, maybe. And she started bringing books and she introduced me to reading at the age of six. And I think that was my life defining moment because I really took to reading as a major piece of whatever I am today. And reading made me discover the world because that was my world. In fact, I started reading at six years of age. You read, you know, books by Enid Blyton and, uh, you know, all these books. So I identified myself with the superheroes of the books, whereas I was very ultra timid outside. I didn't have friends because, you know, I was bullied because of my situation. But I found when I was reading the books, I found myself as a superhero. So, and reading showed me the world. And uh, I saw that, you know, in all those stories, and you know, stories when you have books, uh, fiction and all, what does it tell you in the story? There's always a superhero is always starting, uh, you know, in a bad shape. And this is what, how I could recognize myself. I could, you know, see myself as those characters. And books completely changed my life uh, from six years of age. And I'm 55 now. So that has been a defining, a life-defining moment. But all throughout my life, this is how, what has pepped me up into becoming the person that I've become today. Fantastic. And, you know, life-defining moments is reading and, and helping you in your life. Now, your surname, Papia? Papia. Okay, Papia. Where does it originate from? You see, uh, in Mauritius, we have several diverse, it's a diverse community, people having come from India, Africa, China, Europe. Uh, my parents came from India, from a place that's called uh, Bengaluru or Andhra Pradesh. You know, that's the region where I come from. So that's where the name come from. I mean, maybe that name has been distorted a bit because by British colonies, you know, because at that time, uh-huh. when, when people were saying their name, 
same sense. They didn't, the language was a barrier because they were not speaking English and when they were, you know, telling their name. So yeah, I presume that's not the real name, but Papia, P-A-P-I-A <laughs> is what they wrote on the birth certificate. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. And, and tell me something, how did you get into leadership? It's a long story. <laughs> a long story. So I told you I started reading. I mean, I started, I was initiated to reading by my teacher in second standard. I was six years of age. And then I kept reading on, kept reading on. And then, you know, my life had a lot of bankruptcies, if I can say that between uh, inverted commands. So in 1998, I lost my job and I lost my wife. I was like, you know, I was, I was on the verge of divorce. I lost my job. And there was a, a lady from South Africa called Val Lage, And I was in really bad shape. I mean, you know, lost job, no, no income, lost my family. I was with two kids. Uh, she, she was introduced to me by some other friends. And listening to my story, she took a piece of paper. She wrote something on that paper and said, and gave it to me and said, Raven, go on the internet and subscribe to this design. And what was written on that paper was design at jimroninternational.com. Oh, wow. Jim Rowan. Jim Rowan. 1998. Still remember that year. Fantastic year for me because it was a year that was I was I was going in the rut. But that was when God sent that lady Valage to me. And I went home and I signed up to that design and started getting those designs. It was free. A free design. I couldn't afford a subscription at that time. So I started getting those designs, free designs. I started learning from the great Jim Rohn. And this is how I was introduced to personal development. So I was reading, I was reading before, but I didn't have a hint of what personal development was all about. What was leadership? What was personal development? You know, I didn't, I didn't understand that. But then I understand that there was an industry called personal development. And that was like driven by the great Jim Rohn. Because every day, uh, today, everyone you will speak to, Darren Hardy, Eric Worre, Carl Wilson, you name it. Every one of them will tell you, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Brandon Bouchard, their mentor has been Jim Rohn. They have learned from him. And so I was initiated to personal development, personal development industry through the great Jim Rohn. So I can tell you, I can boast that, in fact, that I have all the collections of books, CDs, DVDs of Jim Rohn, every one of them. And I was introduced uh, to many of those people who were working with Jim at that time, Brian Tracy, Dennis Whiteley, Les Brown, uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones, Jeffrey Gitomer, and John Maxwell. So in 2011, because I was also buying, you know, buying from Jim Rohn, I started buying the other products. I started buying from Les Brown, started buying from John Maxwell, started buying from all of them. I'm, I became a, I'm always a reader, but I became a personal development junkie. If you can, if you can understand that, I, I became a fanatic of personal development. So I started buying everything. I mean, all the audios there, and at that time there was no uh, social media, there was no like virtual, you know, the things. So books and uh, DVDs, and and you know, I'm in Mauritius. That's very far from the US. So just imagine if I buy something for $20, it will cost me like $40 for shipping. But I continuously bought. And I knew John Maxwell. I was introduced through all the leadership weekend of John, um, Jim Rohn, and I started buying books of John Maxwell. And in 2011, I got an email and they introduced me to John, John Maxwell was launching his John Maxwell team, his legs, you know, his, like he said, my legs to my legacy. And they were looking for their one, the first thousand founder partners. And 
I responded to that email and then someone called me. I still remember, I think it's, I'm not getting the name, but I'm surely will gather. And that, that gentleman called me and said, you know what, you are among the first 50 that, you know, just responded and you will be a founder partner. I'm telling you, Dennis, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money. It was kind of like around $7,000. And they said, but you can sign up with $1,000. I didn't have it. I didn't even have hundred dollars. You remember 1998 was where I lost everything. And I, that was, that was, uh, you know, uh, so very, very difficult period. So I said, uh, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, yes, I said, yes. And then I went and found the mini, you know, friends and, you know, so I, I was able to collect that $1,000 within a week and I signed up and it took me a year to pay for the 7,000 until I can go, I can fly to Orlando for that uh, certification. And I went in August, 2011. And uh, yeah, this is when uh, I was reading about leadership and personal development, you know, personal growth introduces you to uh, leadership. Jim Rohn introduced me to leadership, but as Jim Rohn is an American philosopher, Jim Rohn is about mindset, is about, you know, making you believe, you know, what you have inside you, you know, that possibility is that potential that resides inside you. You're just aware or not aware of it. And most of us were not aware. This is how I wrote that quote. If you're not aware, you're nowhere, right? So 90% of us, we're not aware that we have that potential within us. It's inside us. We just need to wake it up and make it work. But then John Maxwell was all about leadership. He was a guru of leadership. He talks, he, he sleeps, he, I presume, he walks, he talks leadership. So when that was offered, I say to myself, I need to be there. I need to be in that team and I need to be a founder partner. So that's now nine years, 10 years now that I'm studying leadership with John. And now, you know, his own Mark Hall and, you know, Chris Robinson and Paul Martinelli and, and so many other people. So I got hooked on that leadership because there were so many definitions about leadership. But you know what I loved is when John says leadership is influence, nothing more nothing less. So what strikes me is I can influence. I can influence. So this is why I it hooked on me. I mean, I was hooked on that word and on that definition as well. Yeah, fantastic and tremendous. And so listeners, I think the, the biggest thing you could probably take away from here is the fact that invest in yourself. Invest in yourself by reading books. Now, we used to, in our, in our older days, Robin, we used to say, listen to tapes, and Charlie Tremendous Jones used to say that to us. The, you know, the difference between you are and we, you know, success and that is the people you meet and the books that you read and the tapes that you listen to. Well, we've got MP3 players and so forth nowadays, but whatever it is, team, invest in yourself. And as Robin said, you know, at times he didn't have the money. And what we're going to say here to you is this, do what you need to do to go out and invest in yourself, to develop yourself, to move forward. And I remember listening to Jim Rowan as well years ago, Robin, and it's just a fantastic guy. Listeners, I hope you got heaps from that actual highlights of 2021, an episode or this episode. And I'm going to encourage you now to go back and listen to those full episodes of the podcast. 110, Russ Perry. 111, Paul Taval. And of course, 113, Ravan Papia. Great guest that I've had and encourage you to go there and listen to those episodes in full and take down notes. Hey, just a call to action here for you is to think about if you are wanting to, are getting a lot of value from these podcasts, we would love you to put a review and a rating. If you listen to it on Apple, uh, you can go straight onto the Apple app and go to the episode that you're listening to or just the podcast in general and leave a rating. There's five stars there. If it's a five, put a five and write a review as well and submit that. We would love to see that come through. And then on Spotify, they've just announced it of late. It's real new. 
you can do a rating on Spotify as well. The reason I'm going to get you to do this is it's actually going to really help the actual visibility and impact of the podcast around the globe. And what it means is that it actually starts to show on the different rankings or charts uh, of top charts and so forth. And then a lot of people will actually get to see the visibility of the podcast and then go and listen to them. And of course, would learn. So thanks once again for joining me on this episode. And what I'm going to actually do is encourage you once again to go there and listen to those full episodes from these three wonderful guests. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.